This is Issues 2023. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Sedgwick County Sheriff Jeff Easter. Welcome to Issues 2023, Sheriff. Nice to have you with us. Morning, Steve. I appreciate the opportunity. Now, you be before I get into the real, the real nitty gritty of this interview, you have a bet, a bet or a wager on on the Super Bowl. <laughs> what, what is this all about? Well, as you know, the uh, the new chief uh, Joe Sullivan, who's a very good person, and uh, become quick friends with him, uh, is from Philadelphia. So he's a lifelong Philadelphia Eagles fan. So he challenged uh, me to. Uh, a little bet that uh, if Philadelphia wins, I have to hold a sign at Central and Main um, saying fly, Eagles, fly. So I accepted the challenge and gave him the same challenge that he'll have to hold up a sign with Chiefs Kingdom when the Chiefs do win. Did the Chiefs, was the Chiefs uh, coach, did he coach in Philadelphia one time? Yes, he did. He was in Philadelphia before he came uh, to Kansas City. This is like a tight little circle. Uh, it, is. it is. All right, so what do you think? Oh, I think the Chiefs are going to win. <laughs> I do At least too. I hope so. I don't want to have to carry a Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles sign. Well, you became Cedric County Sheriff in December of 2012, if I'm not mistaken. That yes, seems sir. like about, according to my math, 13 years. Yes, sir. Obviously, there's something about the job you like. What is that? <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the fact of the matter is, is that we have a lot of uh, very good professional uh, people that work at the Cedric County Sheriff's Office. I love engaging with them. Uh, on a daily basis. Uh, I still love interacting with the, the public. Uh, you know, there's a lot of challenging issues out there, uh, but it keeps uh, the sheriff's office on their toes, me on my toes, and accepting those challenges and coming up with solutions. Plus, uh, the voters seem to be pleased with the job you're doing, right? I hope so. Uh, they keep voting for me, so I, I hope they like what we're doing. What kind of a, what is it, like campaigning for sheriff? Is that something where you go out and put out your own signs, or do you just... Yeah, it's you know that's the part of the job I don't like. Um, I'm not um, a politician whatsoever. Uh, for me, what it comes down to is what the law says, and uh, we follow the law. And so uh, there should not be politics when it comes to that. And so you know when it comes to campaign season, yes, I have to go out and raise funds uh, to campaign, to raise money, to put out signs, do advertisements, those type of things. Uh, that's not really my personality, uh, but that's something that I signed up for when I chose to run for the office of sheriff, and so that's something that I have to do. Now I go look back over my career in Wichita, and and the sheriffs the sheriffs have been have most of them served for a good long time, yes. I would think. And uh, I go back to one of them was a, got a little controversial uh, about jumping out of car trunks and stuff, but <laughs> you don't do that, do you? Uh, no, no, <laughs> we don't. We don't do that so much anymore, but. Uh, yeah, you know, we've come up with better ways of, of doing surveillance and those type of things than they did in the 60s. So, Now, do you have any comment about what uh, happened in Memphis with uh, Tyree Nichols? I know you got feelings about it, but you want to comment on it? Uh, you know, yes, I have feelings about it. Um, I don't really comment on, on open investigations like that because, you know, like with anything else, um, it's, it's alleged that it happened. There's no doubt in my mind that it happened. Um, but, you know, you can jeopardize a trial and those type of things. I will tell you that uh, from what I've seen, it's atrocious uh, what happened. Uh, there's no room for that in law enforcement. And, you know, I have to applaud the Memphis Police Department uh, and the DA's office down there, down there for how quickly they reacted to that situation. I think that's the big difference between um, the George Floyd murder and now this, uh, is that they were charged immediately uh, and or fired immediately and then charged immediately. Your, de- your deputies have worn body cams for several years now. 
Yes, we have. Have the CAMs been a burden for your officers, or, or have they been helpful to you? They're, they're extremely helpful uh, for several reasons. Uh, it holds both us and the citizens that we interact with accountable to their actions. Uh, probably the, one of the biggest things is it provides really good evidence uh, for trial purposes. And so uh, I've been sold on those uh, Axon video cameras for years. I uh, did a pilot project when I was with the police department and brought those in at Patrol North, uh, was sold on them then. You'd be amazed the amount of complaints that we get uh, where citizens say the deputy's been rude or the deputy did this, that, and the other. We simply look at the video and there's no evidence of that whatsoever. Uh, and so, you know, we call the citizen back and they're like, oh, well, I didn't want them getting in trouble anyway type stuff. No. On the flip side of that, has it caught uh, bad behavior by our deputies that we gave discipline on? Yes, it has. Uh, not all the time it's just as a deputy not beating somebody up or something. It's just the, their conduct is something that you would like to see corrected, right? Correct, <laughs> correct. Today's law enforcement officer uh, must assume that he or she is in somebody's viewfinder all the time. That's correct. Uh, it's it, nothing's off the record anymore. No, and you know the, I mean that law enforcement has been under scrutiny for years. I mean I've been doing this for almost thirty-four years now. Um, with the advent of cameras and those type of things, tape recordings, you know, law enforcement evolved from there too. Because if you remember in the nineties with the big VCR tape machines mm, that people yeah. would carry, cumbersome, um, yeah. you'd have law enforcement across the nation taking it from them. Well, you can't do that. Um, and so we had to evolve from, from those type of things to the point now where you just assume you're always on video. The frustrating thing is, is that, um, you know, there's different groups that really pushed for the video or for everybody to have acts on and those type of things. Well, now they're not getting what they thought they would get, which is all this corruption and all this beatings and all this other stuff that they assumed was going on. And so, uh, now it turns into more of, well, yeah, they didn't do anything wrong, but they could have phrased that differently or they could have worded that differently. Um, that's very frustrating uh, to me because you, you didn't catch the aha moments that you were hoping to catch. Uh, and now we turn to something else instead of saying, well, you know, the officer handled that very well. Mm -hmm. Or the deputy uh, wasn't rude. Yeah, they were very straightforward, but they're not being rude. You don't hear that out of the folks that are, the biggest ones raising cane over law enforcement. I'll tell you, the, uh, the, 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 the police fire department scanner, there's one right there. Uh, if you listen long enough, every now and then somebody will leave a, they'll have the mic keyed and they'll leave it open and you can hear what's going on. Oh, yeah. And it is gets a little crazy. Oh, there. yeah. I mean, it's wild. Well, and that's the thing. And I'm talking I, about the, the perpetrators. Yeah. They, they go nuts. Yeah, and that's the thing that, you know, a lot of times uh, isn't shown until court purposes or whatever, but just the actual abuse that law enforcement officers here in this in this county deputies uh, take on sometimes a daily basis verbal abuse sometimes physical abuse yeah. uh, you know we can't afford to have axon cameras on every detention deputy uh, but we do have tons of cameras inside the facility but you know I work in there about once a week because we're short staffed and the amount of verbal abuse that those deputies take is unreal. So how many cameras do you have in there now? 450. I know you put, what? 450. Can't, how do you monitor those then? Uh, they're all recorded. And oh, okay. so, so you can go back. Yeah, we can go back. Um, 
you know, a lot of those cameras uh, are recording all the time. We have people that switch between cameras uh, to look at stuff. If we see something unusual, we're monitoring our employees that are in the pods uh, to ensure their safety, those type of things. Because inside those pods, there's about 50 inmates to one deputy. Uh, and so we have to ensure their safety, but also the uh, inmate safety, because a lot of times certain inmates will try to distract the deputy and then they'll be off to the side trying to either beat up another deputy, steal stuff in there, or, you know, commit other type of violations. Sure. Your office carries the responsibility of how many employees do you have? Uh, 567. 500. Wow. That's a lot of people. Uh, hiring and retaining detention officers at the jail has been a problem for, for some months now. And uh, are we seeing any progress on that? So, you know, when I came into the sheriff's office in 2012, um, you know, we would be short around 20, 30 deputies, which was my understanding was pretty normal. Uh, one time in the time I've been with the sheriff's office, have we been completely full? And that was for about four hours before someone quit. And then we were one down. Uh, and after the George Floyd incident, uh, we've seen a lot less people applying. And then you had COVID, a lot less people applying and a lot more people leaving uh, to the point where we were 127 deputies down which is half of our detention deputies inside the facility. So for two years, everybody that wears a uniform uh, that works out on the streets or investigations or judicial or executive staff like myself work in there uh, every day of the week uh, to supplement that, that manpower. And so luckily, uh, you know, the commissioners granted us uh, pretty good raises here last summer we've seen an uptick in hirings and retention. So we are now down, I believe it's 91 deputies. We currently have 20 in the academy and 15 more slated in the next academy class that starts in about a month. And so we're also retaining more. For the first time in two years, we have had uh, less people leave in the last five months compared to the amount of people we're hiring. It used to be the opposite. We'd hire uh, less than what we were losing. And now we're seeing it flip-flop again. So we see are seeing a, a better interest in coming back into law enforcement. I truly believe that the raises helped us out tremendously. Uh, and we're also seeing people from uh, other parts of the state coming to us to, to get a job. How about that? How's the hiring situation for other positions in your department? So when it comes to the commission side or the folks that uh, you know, carry a gun and have the power of arrest, it is still slow. Um, we just started a class and we had 14 openings and we could only hire seven. We had about 32 people put in for those 14 openings, which is not good. We used to get 150 to 200 people putting in for five positions. And so uh, we're still hiring the best quality that we can, but we're also seeing less quality that is applying that can't get through our uh, testing process or backgrounds. How are you... Uh how are you feeling about help from the from the state regarding the challenge of mental health treatment in our community? We've talked about this before. Your, your jail holds a lot of mental people, mental cases. Yeah, it's. Um, I will tell you the one thing that I think has has gone on at the state level is there was a group of us that have been talking that about seven years about the mental health crisis here. Uh, wasn't getting any traction. In the last year and a half, we're starting to see traction out of the legislature. You know, they're talking about adding a mental health hospital uh, here in Wichita, which would be a great benefit. 
Uh, we've seen some other uh, money-wise type of things that they're doing to try to offset uh, some of the ComCare expenses, which is the local mental health care center here in Wichita. Uh, they're doing things with St. Joe Hospital to try to offset some of their costs. So we're seeing it, it slowly move forward. This isn't something that you can fix overnight, uh, but we're starting to see progress that maybe there's some fixes coming in the future, which we're very appreciative of. You're listening to Issues 2023 on the Odyssey radio stations, and our guest is Sedgwick County Sheriff Jeff Easter. Let's talk about drugs. A couple of <laughs> years ago, you told me meth was the number one drug problem in Sedgwick County. Yeah, and, and I something? laugh about that. It's not <laughs> because you, it's a good you were, thing. You were anticipating my question. Yeah. Um, yes, you know, meth had always been the king uh, here for, you know, the last eight, nine years. Uh, that quickly changed to fentanyl. Uh, now, uh, fentanyl has taken over the drug trade. Uh, all of that is brought up uh, through the border by the Mexican cartels. They control all of the drug trade here in the United States, including Kansas. Uh, the best thing that I can tell you is, is that Anything that is in pill form is going to be laced with fentanyl, especially what they call fake Percocets. That's why our overdose rates have doubled in the last two years. Uh, that's why you see our uh, youth overdose or poisoning cases have gone up. Uh, it is a horrible, horrible drug. You can buy it for $8 a pill, so it's very cheap, and it's, uh, you can be addicted to it right away. The reason it's so horrible is, is it, first off, it's man-made, but fentanyl is something that um, suppresses your respiratory system. So they, what they actually use fentanyl for is to help put you to sleep when you're getting a major surgery. Uh, and so it's a deal where these are not rocket scientists that are creating this stuff in vats down in Mexico. So if you have you know, one or two crystals, which I would equate to salt kind of crystals, salt, salt, yeah. in a pill, it might not kill you. If you have more than that, it's going to kill you. And so they're not measuring this out or anything else. And so your hardcore drug users probably can get by with a pill that has two, maybe three crystals in it. But your first-time users or folks that think that they're taking a Percocet with one or two of those crystals in it, it will kill them. And that's why we're seeing our youth uh, dying from this stuff so quickly. How many do you think? Have you got a number? Uh, I don't have the exact numbers yet from 2022. I know in a week time frame between the Wichita Police Department and us, we had five uh, juveniles overdose and die. Or there, there's a push now to call those poisonings because a lot of times those kids don't know what they're taking. And so it's a, they're being poisoned. Yeah. We are uh, at the current time, we are looking at two cases that uh, we're going to charge for uh, a manslaughter type charge uh, for selling a laced pill. The problem is is now fentanyl is being laced in everything else. Methamphetamine, heroin, marijuana, cocaine, it's being laced in everything. But uh, uh, when it comes to the fentanyl, though, uh, oh, I had a question. I, I've, I forgot my question. Uh, but this drug is it's, it's, it's dangerous because, yeah, you can't detect it, uh, and the kids are at, at great risk on it. And you say it's coming up from Mexico. Mm-hmm. And we talk about, without getting into politics, or some people are saying, hey, this is one of the reasons we need to have a, a new policy regarding yeah. this thing. So. You know, and, I, and I'm not getting into the immigration part of it, but from a standpoint of how addicted folks are in the United States is unbelievable. Mm. How many people are addicted just in Wichita, Cedric County is unbelievable. Mm. And so all of that is being brought in 
uh, by the Mexican cartels. They're a business. They don't care that they're killing off people. If they kill off one but get 10 addicted, they're making money. And so we have got to do something different at the border to shut off that border from these illegal narcotics getting in here to give us an opportunity uh, for rehab centers and, and other services for people to go to. I know I've seen in uh, the 90s when cocaine was really bad, if we took off some shipments of cocaine either here or you know other states took it off that was coming here, we would see people, because there's no cocaine to be had, they would end up going and trying to get services because they couldn't get high. So we, we've got to do something about that. Now, my question, I just thought of it, is, and that is, uh, are your deputies equipped with the, with the kits? We uh, uh, issue our, our deputies Narcan. Narcan, uh, So every, Narcan, yeah. every deputy does carry Narcan. We've had uh, four incidents now where we've showed up first on scene before EMS or fire where we administered Narcan to people that had no heartbeat that were basically dead. Wow. Uh, and was able to bring them back. It, that stuff's pretty amazing. Uh, and the reason I say that is, is, is folks are literally dead. Uh, and you administer the Narcan... Uh, and they wake back up, and then there's no really lasting side effects. They still have to go to the hospital because they can relapse. But here's what I will tell you. The, the misnomer is is that one thing of Narcan uh, can resolve the issue. We've administered five doses before uh, it even took effect. Mm. So, yeah, Narcan can help, but just because you have one dose doesn't mean that it's going to bring you back. You know, four is not a big number. On the other hand, you guys have saved four lives. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the, the, that's the problem here is, is that, you know, like with methamphetamine, you can't really overdose on methamphetamine. It'll kill you over time. Uh, but with fentanyl, you might not have tried anything else. Maybe marijuana in your lifetime, you take one pill and you can die from that. Hmm. Uh, we seem to be reporting shootings nearly every other day in the Wichita area and with teens involved quite often. Mm-hmm. What's behind that? And is there anything to be done about uh, teens and shootings? Well, you know, a lot of those. Uh, have you had Chief Sullivan on yet? No, I haven't. Okay. Um, chief Sullivan is the new police chief here in Wichita. Sure. Uh, very good person. Uh, really is is forthcoming and and wants to make a difference. A lot of those shootings are happening in Wichita. Do we deal with some of those juveniles? Yes, we do in the county. One of the things, and that's some of the stuff that from a legislative uh, standpoint we're trying to change is when they did the juvenile justice reform, there was some kids that are just slipping through the cracks. Now, there's some kids that are getting a lot better, surrounded with a lot better services that we're not seeing again, but there's these kids that we see nonstop, and it's a slap on the wrist, and they go back out in the community and committing these atrocious crimes. Yeah. And so we've got to do something to hold those kids more accountable, um, early on in the process. Does your department investigate computer-related crime? Yes, we do. Well, sounds kind of boring to me, but <laughs> do they have, what are they, they're looking at uh, uh, human trafficking uh, trafficking investigations, things like that? Yeah, all the above. Uh, to be real honest with you, the when you talk about computer-type crimes, uh, you know, that's that runs the rambit between human trafficking to... Uh, fraud to forgery to identity theft, all those other things. However, everything now that we investigate, people have phones. And so part of our investigation is the diagnosis of that phone and what evidence is in there. Oh, okay. And so we have a 
uh, individual that's dedicated only to going through the phones, you know, either through a search warrant or uh, written consent, and identifying uh, pieces of evidence that can help us in those cases. Same with computers. Uh, so even a burglary case, we're going through the phones. Uh, so everything is electronic these days. The amount of video that we capture now on any type of crime is unbelievable. A lot of people have ring cameras. It helps us a ton. But most businesses have cameras that capture uh, the, the crime that occurred. So that particular um, detective, his job is to do nothing but gather those type of videos, gather the evidence, decipher it, and get it ready for, for trial. Uh, are you getting the support that you need from the county government? Yes, we are. Yeah, I mean, I, it's a good place for you to complain about it and maybe lose your job. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, we are. Um, you know, again, you know, the raises that that uh, they granted helped us tremendously, and so uh, you know, there's other things that they do uh, that a lot of people don't see. You know, kind of behind the scenes support that they give us. Uh, so no, we, I, I'm very happy with the support that we get uh, from the county commission and from the county in general. What about the general public? Oh yeah, I, you know, run into the bad guys, and they're 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 the bad guys, you know. Yeah, you know, we we talk to the deputies all the time. Um, the amount of gratitude that is in this community is unbelievable. Uh, you know, they're the ninety percent are the uh, silent majority, but they support us a ton. You know, they'll I'll see them buying lunches for officers in uniform or deputies in uniform. I see them constantly telling you, you know, thank you for your service. Uh, it's the ten percent that we can do, never do anything right for that. You know, most people hear about, but we have tremendous support in this community, which I'm very appreciative of. What is there that's new and exciting at the sheriff's department? Well, I, you know, one of the things uh, that we're we're very proud of is is that we started a health and wellness unit. Um, we had figured out that uh, through time, my generation, uh, when you saw something really bad or was involved in a you know tragic incident, those type of things. Uh, you're basically told, hey, suck it up and go back out on the streets. Well, over time, there's been tons of studies done that uh, the trauma that's caused by those different incidents and, and no release, you know, first responders, law enforcement in particular, high suicide rates, high alcoholism rates, high divorce rates. And so we started a health and wellness unit um, to address those issues when it comes to resiliency, when it comes to talking about um, the different issues that might affect us. Because Back in my day, you were seen as weak if you talked about those. So we started a peer support program, uh, which is about 50 deputies. We were able to uh, utilize some ARPA funding, and we now we have our own therapist in-house who's extremely busy. I also attribute that health and wellness unit to maybe our re uh, retention rate because a lot of people that would have been leaving are now seeking help, and they're still with us. And so it's my job to ensure that our deputies are healthy both in the body, but also in the mind. And so we've just added a new position to that unit, which is the mentor position uh, that's going to hopefully help us with retaining uh, people once they're hired. For, for the general, all of us, the population, there seems to be folks, a, a stigma with getting mental health uh, help, but uh, it sounds like you're handling it, it pretty well. It's, yeah, all of us at some point or another in our lifetimes are going to have some type of uh, crisis where uh, we just don't know how to handle something. Yep. And if, you know, the other thing is, is a lot of times what's affecting the deputy out in the field uh, is problems at home, mm -hmm. marriage problems, kid problems, financial problems. 
for being able to give support for that because we need them healthy at work. I need to cut you off there. Thanks for being with us. Our guest, Sedgwick County Sheriff Jeff Easter. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. I'm Steve McIntosh.